The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, lots of great things coming up. Youth Job Corps, if we can get that slide up. Um, I announced this last week was the first time I announced it. I'm going to keep announcing it on Sundays for a little while. I'm going to be starting to do callbacks this week. So if you filled out something last week, uh, this is the week I'm going to start actually making callbacks. So what is Youth Job Corps? Youth Job Corps is something that we're launching. Uh, I don't know if anybody else that's done it. So it's an experiment. So you're going to go wonderfully, amazingly well or be a total train wreck, and people be that's why nobody else does it. But we're going to find out together. And what's the purpose of it? The purpose of it is that we're going to open up uh, job positions at the church for youth from 14 to 17 years old, okay, where they can apply, and they can go on there. And if they don't know how to apply, have never had a job, never done a resume, they've never uh, you know, worked on a team like that before, that they can apply, and we will actually walk them through the whole process. We'll help them make their application. We'll help them put together their resume, help them submit it to us, and then sit down and do uh, coach them on an interview and then do the interview with them and then give them feedback on their interview and then bring them on to the job and then actually do training and skills in, on how to uh, be well, working with a team, how to uh, lead people, all jobs, and they'll work in different positions at the church on Sunday morning. So they can work in the kids' room. They can work upstairs in the sound booth and the video up there. They can work in the uh, setup and tear down or with the kitchen facilities, just different things they can do. Then we'll teach them how to open up bank accounts and how to actually manage the money and, uh, and do some of those kinds of things. The idea is to just really come around and help them developing some of the actual skills of life because you know, when we think about spirituality, the first thing we think of is reading your Bible, praying, and worshiping, right? I'm spiritual. But that's only part of the story because God made us as a whole person. And our whole person is part of the spiritual experience of being who God made us to be. And so that also includes work and our daily life. And so this is an opportunity for us to invest in our youth and build life skills and actually help them to grow and to be equipped for what God's going to call them to do in the future and to be successful out there. So if you want to either, if you're a youth and you want to try to be a part of that, uh, you can scan this and you can go online and you can fill out a form on there about, hey, I want to do this. If you are someone that wants to be a mentor, maybe you uh, have something to offer to kids in finances or in work environments, or maybe you're a business owner and you want to be a mentor, you, there's a form on there to fill out for that. If you want to sponsor a youth, you can go on there and you can say, hey, I want to give some money towards uh, paying for one of the youth's uh, salary because they will be paid. They'll have a W-2, a W-4. They're going to be real employees. And you say, hey, I want to get behind that and give some money towards it. There's a form on there for that. So that's what that's about. Now we just invite you guys to uh, join us in doing that so we can invest in our youth. And the last thing is uh, just our giving slide. We have a box back there. You can give online. You can give through Zelle. You can give through Venmo. Uh, however you want to give money, we'll take it, and we'll try to put it to the best use that we can. Uh, that's our goal. Our goal is to touch people, bring people to Jesus, and have a positive impact in our community. And with that, we're going to move on to the message. Uh, let's close our eyes and pray, and we're going to have... Uh, a tight window to, to land this message in, but we're going to do it. Amen? I'm going to bring Pastor Art up. Come on, come up here. You could do a 10-minute message. Let's see. You could do it. Miracles about to happen. Amen? All right. Father, we pray that you'd be with us uh, and help us to get out of this what you want us to get and uh, help me to skip what you think I should just skip and fit in this window. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right, I'm going to start out on this first slide, the call to ministry. We're doing two things this morning as we're getting a word, but we're also going to uh, bring this ordination service. We're going to bring Kyle Bertels on to full-time staff as a pastor here at the Beat. And uh, Amen. Um, we're going to do that at the end of the service, but I'm going to talk. Now, when I'm talking about this, what you need to do is not just think about Kyle, because all of these things are applicable to us as individuals, thinking about the call that God's put on your life. You know, we owned businesses for 20 years, and at that time, the call that God had on our life was to run businesses, employ people, and reach people in the marketplace, and we did that. Okay, we have people that are, are called to minister through boxing, people that are called to minister through jails to jobs, called to minister through music and through uh, video and audio and those types of things. Whatever your thing is, you're thinking, okay, Lord, you've called me to a ministry. How does this apply to my life too? Okay, so that's where we want to be. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, in the call to ministry, Paul says, you know what, follow me as I follow Christ. Right? Other translations say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Right? In other words, look at my life, and I'm moving towards the Lord and what he wants me to do and how he wants me to be. Look at my life and then do the same. Okay, how many of you would be comfortable with someone looking at your life and just doing the same? <laughs> like your whole life, all of it, inside, outside, the ups and downs. Like, just yeah, do what I do when nobody's looking. And I'm like, okay, it's a big, it's, this is a big verse. Okay, so we're going to break it down. It's a lot of pressure. Okay, follow me, but just kind of follow me, but follow from a distance. Don't look and see if I use my blinker. Don't get too close. Like, just follow me from far enough away that you can maybe see where I'm going, but you don't see what I'm doing, right? That's an okay way to follow. But this verse is talking about really follow me. Look at my life, examine it, and try to do what I'm doing because I'm trying to emulate Christ. That's a lot of pressure to try to live that way. Okay, how many of you think that people who come into full-time ministry or are pastors are perfect? How many of you think they should be perfect? Okay, do you know what? The reality is that we're not. We still struggle. We still make mistakes. We still sometimes get mad. We still get sad. We still do things that we have to ask for forgiveness for. And so it's really not talking about living perfect, um, although we do want to try our best to live as the Lord. So I'm going to give some context to it. What was Paul's example? Philippians 3, 1 through 14. When he said to follow me as I follow Christ, then later he gives this passage. And this is a lot of scripture, but I'm going to read through it. And I'll stop occasionally just to kind of give a little bit of uh, insight into it. But basically, we're just going to really read some scripture. Um, he says, furthermore, brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. That's his first example, is actually enjoying being a Christian, enjoying following God. Okay, so you want to say, I'm going to enjoy the Lord, you enjoy the Lord. Okay, it's okay to do that. We want to have a joyful relationship. It says, it is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, who serve God by the Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. So right here, stop for a second. Paul is saying, follow me as I follow Christ, and then he's making a distinction between himself and other religious leaders. He's saying, don't pay attention to the religious leaders. He actually calls them dogs and evildoers. Don't pay attention to those people that say that you have to live perfectly to be in relationship with God. That you have to have all of the outside, outward, external, like examples, circumcision. I'm not going to get into details. We're not going to use a slide graph or anything. I'm just telling you that there's stuff you had to do to your body even to try to say, I'm following God. You had to hit all the boxes. And he's saying, don't pay attention to that. Don't get robbed. Why? Because we're not boasting in the flesh, but we're boasting in Christ. 
that we are following him in faith and believing in his grace and in his mercy and in his goodness. That's what we're doing. Does it mean that we want to willfully sin and do wrong things? No. But it's an acknowledgement that we're not perfect and we're not going to live the rest of our life stressed out about not being perfect. We're going to just accept that God is good. Like for me, I started going bald at 20. Okay, I'm still working on it the rest of the way. It's been a long process. But everyone that I met used to always, this is literally, Josh is here somewhere. They literally used to, he's up there. Josh can be my witness. They used to always tell me, you're losing your hair. All the time. At work, at church, at family functions. They'd go, dude, you're losing your hair. Dude, you're getting thin. Dude, you're, all the time. And I was like, I am fully aware. (laughs) Fully aware of this. This is not news, right? And they'd talk to me about it. And so one day, Josh was working with me back then. I said, you know, I'm just shaving my head. I'm done. Which I had felt, I won't get into this story, but felt the Lord was leading me to do that for a different reason. But I'm shaving my head, and I'm going to cut it off. And I said, you watch. And I said, this is just going to make my life so much more peaceful. And Josh says, nobody cares about your hair. I said, no, for some reason, everybody cares about my hair. (laughs) And he's like, no, you're making it up. It's all in your head. I'm like, dude, I'm just telling you. So I shaved it, and I was in real estate back then. We went to an office meeting that had like 250 people in this office meeting. We walk in, everybody's around. I, I shaved my head, and I'm in there, minding my own business. Nobody said my, I was losing my hair, because it was gone, right? But somebody walks up afterward and says, wow, your head's totally shaved, that looks good. And Josh is standing there, I looked at him, I said, you see? You see? Even when it's gone, it's a conversation. But the reason I'm bringing this up, okay, is because... At that point in my life, I said, you know what? I'm tired of trying to have nice hair. I can't do it. Bye. I have lived free now for 25 years. Total freedom. I get up in the morning, and guess what? I don't care. Right? I just walk around. I'm good. Somebody else is struggling. They're, oh, it's raining. They're trying to cover. I'm no cover. I just walk out in the rain. I'm like, I don't care. It's freedom. Why? Because I finally just said, I can't do that, and I don't care. I'm just going to go with what is real, right? And it's been a wonderful thing. That's what Paul's talking about. I can't live perfect. I cannot measure up to God's standard. It is simply not possible. And it doesn't matter if I do a comb over And I try to hide my weaknesses by trying to act super spiritual. Well, what's a spiritual comb over? Well, how about really long-winded prayers? That can be a real spiritual comb over that somebody uses to sound spiritual when their life's a total mess. Right? They're they're into all kinds of bad stuff. They have a horrible situation with their marriage. Like, everything's a disaster. They've got an addiction going. Like, oh, everything's a wreck. But when it's time to pray, man, they got a long comb over going. They used in Jesus' name and Father and Holy Spirit and Son and Jesus, thank you, Father, like 700 times, and everybody's waiting. They finally get in, they say, an amen, praise God, and everybody's like, oh, okay. We do lots of things to cover up and to try to hide. But Paul is saying, don't do this anymore. Just live, be open, be vulnerable, be real. Paul said that God came to save sinners, and he said, of whom I am the chief. He said, it's okay to just say we are sinners in need of God. And then to live accordingly. Try to serve him, try to love him, but be open, be vulnerable, be transparent, be real. This is the example that Paul's really talking about. Follow me as I follow Christ. I'm following him, and you know what? If I'm standing next to him, you're gonna notice that I'm pretty messed up. If I followed Kyle in a line, you would notice that I'm really bald because Kyle has unbelievable hair. (laughs) 
If somebody's really following Jesus, do you know what it does? It exposes their weakness even more. Because they're like, I'm following Jesus. And now they're walking next to the guy that looks perfect. And you realize, oh boy, they got some mess ups. But he's saying, follow me. I'm going to follow him. And in spite of my weakness, I'm going to follow him. And you're going to see me trying and striving and moving and working towards being more like him every day. That's what he's talking about. Okay, and so I'm going to skip to the next slide. Uh, He continues to talk about all the qualifications that he would potentially have in his flesh, uh, in just his own works. I'm doing these different things, but he's not putting confidence in those. It says in verse 7, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. He said, everything that I have worked hard to try to become and try to do, do you know what? Forget it. It didn't measure up anyways. I'm pursuing Jesus. And I'm just going to get better as we go. That's what he's talking about. So Philippians 3, 8 through 10. It's another one. He continues to talk about this. He says, what is more, I consider everything lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own. This is a theme with Paul. Not having a righteousness of my own. It's not that I'm good enough or great enough or perfect enough, but that I have forsaken everything because I want to know the Lord. And I want to be found in him. In other words, when you look at me and say, where's your strength? I want to say, my strength is in Christ. My strength is, and do you know what? Yours can be too. We can do this together. That's what he's talking about. And so he continues to go down. He says that I may gain Christ, have a righteousness uh, that's not my own, but that comes not from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And he says, I want to know Christ. He has to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. In his sufferings. In his suffering. I want to actually be so much in love with God and walk in his way that I'm okay in serving and loving people even if it brings suffering into my own life. I'm okay with that. So this isn't about glory. In fact, when I asked Kyle about coming on and staff, I said you would be coming on to both the glorious and the inglorious work of ministry. There's things that are glorious, and you're like, hey, it's me, and take a picture, and I'm on the stage, and hey, you got to put me on the screen. And there's a lot of inglorious, where you're sitting with somebody who's going through a, a major struggle. Uh, you're staying with somebody and, and hanging out with them so that they don't commit suicide, or you're helping somebody clean up their throw-up off the floor because they're in addiction, and they, they need help getting home, or you're sitting there with somebody that's going through a, a crisis in their family, and you're using your night or your weekend to sit and to talk them through the struggle. Or going through the struggle in your life. There's all these things. But he's saying, you know, I'm willing to suffer because you suffered, Lord. And that's going to help me know you better. Because, you know what? If I know somebody that's good at basketball. And I said, you know, I'm going to pick up basketball. And I start getting into basketball. Guess what? I'm going to know them better because now I know something that we share. And Paul is saying, I'm even willing to share in your sufferings if it helps me to know you more. I want that relationship. Well, we can all say that. Instead of running from our suffering, instead of running from a struggle that we go through, we can say, Lord, I'm in a struggle. You went through struggles. Wow, help me to know you more by walking through this. Like, I love somebody, Lord, and I've poured my heart, and I've I've worked on this relationship, and I've tried to be a good friend. And you know what? Now they're rejecting me, and they're talking bad about me, and they're despising me. You know what? We can pause and breathe and say, you know what, Lord? You went through that. You were despised and rejected by men, and you were put down, even though you tried to serve and tried to love. And... I'm starting to know you more. I know you, what you went through. And we can use our circumstance to know him more. But this is part of the call to ministry. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. 
He talks more in the first verses, but we've already talked about it. He talks more in the first verses about struggling towards being like Christ and knowing Christ and doing all these things. So, but he ends that piece. He says, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal. You know, how many of you love somebody that you're trying to do life with and mentor with, and it seems like every time you're around them or talk to them, the only vibe you get from them is they've already arrived. They've already arrived. They know it all. They've got it all. It's all under control. They're perfect. You just love hanging out with that person. You tell a story and theirs is a little better. You tell a hardship and theirs is a little harder. You know, you tell about your bonus and they got a little better bonus. It's like, man, they've just arrived. They're so awesome. This inspires you. Well, Paul's saying, I haven't already arrived. He says, not that I have already arrived at my goal, but he said this. He said, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. In other words, there's a perseverance towards. So when we're bringing somebody on as a pastor, bringing somebody on into full-time ministry, this is not a mark that they have already arrived. This is not a mark. This is not, we're not leveling up. This is not, okay, Kyle has shown that he is leveled up and arrived, and Kyle is now the perfect enough person to be called a pastor and to be brought on the staff. It really has nothing to do with that. Are there certain standards and things that the Bible has about how you're treating people, about what your reputation is in the community, about your commitment to the Lord, about not being given to drunkenness, about different things like that? Yes. Okay, but there's a lot of people in this church that could even fit that definition and still be able to do that. But it's not about having arrived and saying, okay, well, now they're there. It's about showing a long-term commitment to Christ and to others and that there's a call of God on their life to do this. And it's answering the call that God has placed. And the way that that's been seen in Kyle's life and in Jenna's life over and over and over and over again is a constant, constant, almost obsessive desire to love and serve people. They have people in their home. It was, we moved here and we, everybody lost everything. It was a train wreck. We crash landed and we all lost our, our money and our lives. <laughs> it was just a total crash landed. Things didn't work with the landing that we thought it was going to work. It just didn't work out that way. Great plans, they didn't happen. Okay, and so Kyle and Jenna were running small groups in their house. Okay, Kyle and Jenna ran out of money. Kyle and Jenna had to sell everything in their house. Kyle and Jenna had small groups without couches and furniture and TVs because they were still weren't going to cancel group because of embarrassment of being broke. They were still going to have group, and they still were inviting people over. And people come over and say, "What happened to your couch?" Well, we needed something different. We're going to do this more like, uh, you know, kind of Zen style. We're sitting on the floor. We're going to hang out. What happened to your TV? Well, we're taking a break from TV. Uh, because we would rather take a break from TV than take a break from eating food. <laughs> we need to get some food. But they continue to open their house and say, come in. We're going to continue to love you. Vulnerability and openness and showing people, hey, we have struggles. We're going through stuff. A willingness to apologize and to make things right if they've offended or hurt somebody. And to go and have humility. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. A willingness to get up and to show up every time, every day, and to be there no matter what. Showing up. Good times, bad times, distresses, people upset at them, them upset at people. It doesn't matter. There's tension. You know what? We're just going to show up and just be there and let God work. Okay? And that's a reflection of the call of ministry that they can't get away from. Because no matter what, God just says, come and serve. Come and love people. And so that is what a coming into this type of position is really about. It's not about arrival, it's about just saying, I'll take the assignment, I'll do the job, I'll do the work, I'm going to be there, I feel the calling, and I'm going to step into it. Uh, hopefully a year from now, I'm a better pastor than I am now. 
Hopefully two years from now, I'm, better, I'm a better pastor, a better husband, and a better dad than I am next year. If five, 10, 15 years from now, I'm just the same guy, then I'm probably not following Christ very well because he's so much infinitely better. So the goal is that we all are growing together, okay? And I trust and have full trust, and our leadership team has full trust uh, that Kyle is committed to growing and to becoming more and more like Jesus every year, okay? And to continue to love people and to do that. And so we're bringing him on and saying, you know what, this is where we're going and believing that he's gonna represent that. Uh, the last here is Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. And then uh, we're gonna get into the prayer time. This is why uh, we have pastors, okay? This is why we have these different roles of ministry, uh, pastors being one of them. It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles. So these are gifts. Okay, when somebody gives something, what is it? It's a gift, right? So he gave. So Jesus left, and he said, you know what? I'm not going to be here, but I'm giving the Holy Spirit. That was a gift, and he will come, and he'll be with you. But I'm also going to give some other gifts that are going to be a blessing to your life as you follow me. That's what he's saying to his church. I'm going to bless you with a gift. So here's the gifts that he gives. I'm going to give you the gifts of apostles, Okay, apostles are people who, you know, go around and they'll start things, they'll start churches, they'll send out churches, and they begin to grow a bigger network of things that Paul was an apostle, it was a bigger network, called by God to spread the church and to spread the kingdom of God throughout the earth. And so Paul was doing that, but to give apostles, to give prophets, that, that's people that hear from God and share it, to encourage and to lift up and to build up other people. Maybe you've had someone say, hey, God put something on my heart and I really had a word that I felt like I was supposed to share with you or a verse or something. Well, that's a prophetic type of a thing where God's speaking to them and they're sharing it and they're able to speak in your word. It could be through a word of knowledge or through a prophetic thing that they think God's bringing into your life that lines up with his scripture and with his word. Uh, but prophets are a gift. Evangelists, that's people, man, they'll go out and talk to anybody. They're just always trying to bring people to church and they're always trying to talk to people about God and you're like, I would never do that. But we all should be able to grow enough to be comfortable enough to do that when God calls upon us. But there are people gifted in that where you really don't want to go to lunch with them because you don't know what it's going to turn into. Okay, I'm just trying to have a sandwich. Like, I don't need, like, I understand this person's getting saved, but I wasn't here to have somebody, like, you know, kneeling down next to the table crying and the whole place is watching us. Like, that's not, they could come to church and get saved. Like, I don't want to go out like that. Some of you feel that way, and somebody else is like, man, they're just at the place talking to everybody, and you're just like, this is weird. But they have a gift for it. Why? Because it builds up the church. It's how a lot of us got here. It's one of the crazy people got us to come to church, and we showed up. Uh, pastors and teachers, teachers actually take down, they'll take something you don't understand and really divide the word down. Well, what's the difference with a pastor? A pastor does share, they do preach, they do do those things, but it's really a heart of being a shepherd, that they're willing to just sit and just do life with you and to continue to help you grow and to walk it out. As a pastor and shepherd, they don't just want to get you to church. They don't just want to get you saved. They don't just have a word for you. All those things are good and needed. But the pastor's willing to show up when it seems like nobody else is going to be there. They're still going to walk with you and walk this thing out. Let's keep doing it. You get mad, you leave. Five years later, you come back. And they're still going to just keep loving you and stepping forward and walking forward. And that's the call. So God gives them. But why does he give them? It says there two, all these gifts are to equip people for the works of service so that the body of Christ, that's all of us, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So the purpose of those positions is not to like be awesome, 
It's not to build their own brand and have their own thing and to become rich and famous. The whole point and purpose is to use their gift and ability to then invest into you, right? What's more important, the gift or the giver? The one who gives a gift or the gift? If you got a gift from somebody, is their gift more important or is the person that gave it to you more important? Okay, that's true. Is the gift or the person it's given to more important? The person it's given to is more important, right? So in this scenario... The gift is the person serving, but the most important two people in the exchange is the giver and the receiver. Is that God wants to work through people that are ministering, not to be the show or to be the big thing, but is to actually just be the conduit between his love and between them receiving it. So that they can have a relationship and he can build them up into that. So that's what it's about. So with that said, um, I'm going to bring Kyle and Jenna up and um, I think your kiddos might be in here. Some kids are in here. We're having uh, some of the kids come in because we're going to do this as a family thing. Uh, Kyle's the one that's getting ordained into ministry full time, uh, but I know from experience it's a family thing. That's it. It's a family thing. You're going to all participate and work together and minister together. Uh, and so we're going to have their family come up and do that. And then we're going to uh, just take a minute to pray. We're going to anoint with oil, the, the purpose of oil in the Bible. It just represents God's spirit anointing. And even in Exodus, they would do that. They would consecrate the priests. They'd anoint them with oil. And it's really just a sign that, Lord, we're doing this. It's kind of like baptism's a sign. Lord, we're doing this. And we're, and we're, praying, and we're praying over them uh, to bring them into ministry. Uh, so with that said, I'm going to invite some people up uh, to pray with me as well and to lay hands on them. And so the people that I would like to come, and I know uh, some of you might be up in the upper booth. Um, and it's really, I'm inviting up to people because this has been a long journey. I'm going to invite up those people that actually were adults that sold everything, moved across the country, and helped start this church in our living room, and were there when everything crashed, landed, and invite them to come up and pray. So uh, I'm not going to try to uh, see who all is here, because I know some people actually couldn't even make it today. And so if that's you, just come. Uh, that would be, uh, just from looking around, uh, Krista was an adult at the time. Uh, so come on up. You can bring your husband, Lucas, because the two are one. And you guys are also leaders in the church. Uh, Snalem's, come on up. Uh, there comes Matt. Uh, Josh is up there somewhere. Uh, Jesse Brown, come on up. And be a part of that. Jesse helped us plant this church, him and his wife. His wife is unable to be here today, but uh, Jesse is part of that. And my, Heidi, come on up. Uh, uh, Tompkins, yes, come on up. Are you told Tompkins? And so, uh, this was a little, our little church when we first started, and uh, everybody that's on this stage uh, sold everything, uh, quit their jobs, and moved from different states to come here with nothing. We didn't even know anybody, and just to say, Lord, we want to serve. So everybody up here knows what that means to like really make a big sacrifice, change your career, change everything, and just say, Lord, I'm giving it. And so... Um, we're just going to lay hands on and pray over them. And Pastor Art, I'd like you to come up too, just because you're a part of this. Come on up and be a part of praying. Uh, you're one of the leaders here. I'd like you to be that um, and be a part of doing this. And so, and actually, I just want to make sure I didn't miss any adults that were making that a choice. I know some kids came. Kids don't always like to be on stage, and they kind of got dragged along. I told Josh, did he not come up? Oh, do you have a mess you have to clean up? Okay, Josh's bathroom flooded. Um, 
he didn't flood it himself. Let me not embarrass him into that. But the hallway bathroom is apparently flooded. And you know what? Praise God because his mercies and love floodeth over. All right, everybody, let's stretch hands out. Uh, we're just going to pray. And then we're going to also sign this uh, ordination certificate to make it official. Ordination and licensing. Ordination is just a setting, really, the, the, the call and the, the call of God and setting aside of somebody for that. And we do this. It makes it legal uh, so that Kyle's legally a, a pastor and part of our church and uh, uh, church staff. And so we'll do that. So I'm actually going to sign that. And then, Donnie, you're the witness on this, so you have to come and sign that. And uh, this is ugly for the picture. It's gone. All right. Um, all right. Let's stretch it. Everybody can stretch your hands out together and let's pray over them. And just believe uh, for God to just uh, really be with their family. Father, we just lift up the Bertels right now. Lord, thank you for Kyle's, Lord, relentless uh, commitment to serve others. Lord, his relentless pursuit to try to grow. Lord, in likeness of you, God, he's always trying to see how he can, uh, Lord, just be a little bit more like his dad. Lord, he just wants to be a little bit more like you. And I just pray that you'd bless that. Lord, as a church, Father, we just receive them as the gift that they are. Lord, the Bertels family. Lord, to minister and to serve. Lord, we thank you for their heart and their wisdom. Lord, for their dedication, both to you and to us as a church. And Father, we just pray over them right now, Lord. And we just set him in, Lord, as the pastor and as the man of ministry, God, to really... Uh, just give his life for you, Lord, that he's called to do. We pray that you'd strengthen him in that. Lord, that you would give him courage and boldness as a leader. Lord, that you would give him wisdom and discernment as a leader. God, that you would give him your heart, Lord, that everything would come out of your love, Lord, as he leads. And we just pray, Lord, in every way, God, that he would, as Paul said, come to know you more and more. And that when he is found, Lord, he would be found in you. Lord, in your strength, in your grace, in your mercy, in your faith, Father, I thank you for that, and we give you praise for it. Let me grab this um, oil, and but you want to grab that mic right there real quick, and then I'm going to also have you uh, pray over them. This isn't like in and out, like I want to get an animal style. So in the Old Testament, they just poured the oil over them. Us modern, like really kind of clean and like kind of do everything nice um, American people, we just do like a little dabble, do you? Uh, but all in favor of, of uh, Old Testament style, raise your hand. The people have voted. The people are in. Um, pray over them. Carrie's going to pray and I'm going to pour. It's the pray and pour. Pray. She's got OCD. She just close your eyes and pray. You won't even see it happen. Go for it. Pray. This is not okay. It's so hard to be serious right now. They did this. This was serious. This was even in the Old Testament. And they were on dirt. They this were wasn't not a joke. Okay, the... <laughs> okay, Father. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much. And I think this is a great example of the Bertel family. Lord God, there's always joy. There's always humor. Lord, when... Huh, they're having to sell furniture to make it, God. There is always joy, and there's always excitement for the future and thankfulness. And God, we just thank you right now for them. We thank you for the entire family, the sacrifices 
And it's not even financial, God. I'm talking about late night conversations, middle of the night, helping people move, helping people move out, helping people move back in. God, the counseling, the meetings, the lunches, the, the everything that goes into it, God, I just pray that you would bless every single thing and protect their hearts, protect their minds, protect their relationship, and protect their kids, God, as they step out and are faithful to serve you and follow you and to run after what you've uh, called their family to. God, I just pray a protection and angels, God, and an army around their house not just the building, but God, when their kids go out, when they go out, Lord, there's a protection around each and every single one of them, Lord God. We just thank you for that right now, and we just pray that you would open doors that haven't been able to be opened before. You would close things, God, that need to be closed, and God, you would open everything, Lord God. Pave a path that they're like, this used to be so difficult, and now it's like, it's so easy. This is a great hike. Lord, thank you so much for what you've done in them. We thank you for the blessing they are to each and every one of us. The people that are present here today, God, it's because they have touched them. They have helped them. They have loved on them. They have friended them. They have smiled at them. They have cared for them when nobody even knew what they were struggling with at the time. God, they have poured their hearts out, and we just honor that, and we thank you for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Carrie's like, Carrie's like, it's going to get on our carpet. And I'm like, that hair is like a sham wow. It's going to suck that oil right up. Amen. All right. We are, we are. We are done uh, with this part of the service. I got two things to say. We're going to celebrate. One, if you're a new visitor, we have a table back there with some gift bags on it. And uh, Michelle and my wife will be back there. Uh, you don't have to fill anything out. We just want to bless you. And then Jason Tompkins just headed out to go start making some hot dogs and stuff. And I didn't buy the cheap bar S stuff. Uh, I bought actual hot dogs. Okay, there's Nathan's hot dogs out there. Good, delicious hot dogs. Uh, that he's going to be cooking. So if you want to hang out and have a hot dog to celebrate, um, stick around and just enjoy yourself. Thank you guys for being here. We love you. Have a good rest of the day. Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.